This episode is powered by Safety FM. Welcome back to another episode of the Safety Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Sheldon Primus. This is a show where I teach you the business of being a safety consultant. This week, we are going to talk to my new best friend of all times. Young man has been awesome, and it was really a fun, fun conversation with Brendan Kumarasamy. So what he does is he has a YouTube channel where he is dedicated to making sure that the entrepreneur can get their voice out in a master speech. So he really has developed his speaking uh, speaking technique and has learned a good way of teaching people how to get this thing out. And he delivers it in such a way that you can get it on a YouTube channel. So you just really have to look him up. His YouTube channel is called Master Talk. So you're going to look for Master Talk. And that's where you're going to get Brendan. He has really short uh, little tips every week showing you how to uh, learn a little bit more about how to master your speech and master your talk. So if you're in safety and health, you know that sometime or other you're going to have to talk about safety and you're going to have to tell people about how they should do OSHA regs and safety consultant and everything like that. So this is really going to be there to help develop you, help develop exactly what you need in order to do your job and to reach out. You know, it's truly one of those things that if you are going to advance as a safety consultant, you're definitely going to have to go out there and do some talks from time to time. So this is a wonderful episode. We talk about his superhero origin. We also mention a few things about what happens if you're in a slump, meaning you are talking and no one's really getting you. And then we talk about a few other things related to uh, just uh, breaking down what a good speech would be, as well as what to do with webinars and uh, even some of the new things that we're seeing with, uh, with teaching online. We talk about that as well. So buckle in. After this word from the sponsor, then we are going to talk to Brendan. Stay tuned. Do you want to be a safety consultant? Listen to Dr. Jay Allen of Safety FM give his experience after taking the Safety Consultant Blueprint course. I have actually done research on different consultants and looked at different consulting courses and so on. There is a pretty fancy, very expensive consulting course that is out there. I have actually purchased the consulting course, was interested. It has good information. Don't get me wrong. But you have a consulting course that really drives people onto focusing on safety and how to become a safety consultant. I will tell you on your particular course, there was better information in that particular regards than the other consulting course that was more of a generalist form. But I figure I felt like I got more information out of yours on you giving people direct path on what to do step by step. But I really think that you have a genuine good product there that can really assist people if they're interested in becoming a safety consultant. Register for the Safety Consultant Blueprint at www.safetyconsultantblueprint.com. Enter code PODCAST for a special discount. My name is Brendan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. 
It's a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication and public speaking. And uh, my origin story was I was five years old. My parents came up to me and they said, you got to go to a French school. You got to study in French, except one problem. I didn't speak a word of French. So for the first 15 years of my life, Sheldon, not only was I uncomfortable with presentations, I had to give them oh, in a language wow. I didn't even know. So you can imagine the horrifying experiences I've had in communication. I was in grade two, three, and I would just stand up in front of a classroom and just not say anything. Wow. <laughs> sit down. Yeah, it was, it was uh, challenging times. But anyways, when I went to university, I did these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. <laughs> so other guys, you know, would watch, you know, college football or watch play football or rugby or different sports and eat chicken wings. I would still eat the same junk food yeah. they did. But I, instead of watching football games, I would watch other universities present. So I, I did these things called like, it's like the business mm -hmm. Olympics. You go up against other universities and the best presenter wins. And I did that obsessively for three years. So I presented over 500 times, coached multiple dozens of people on communication and public speaking. And then after I got a corporate job and kind of, you know, sold my soul. No, I'm kidding. I didn't sell my soul. It's a great company. <laughs> anyways, I started working at the you corporate world. I just asked soul. myself. You didn't sell it. You know, you still have, you retain ownership. Yeah, I still have ownership. I can, I can take that back anytime as per stipulated in the service terms and agreements of my contract. But anyways, you know, I, I really enjoyed my job and I still have it today. And it's been a blessing there. But I think what I've asked myself was a very different question after I got out of poverty, which was how do I make a difference in the world? How do I push the boundaries of what's possible. And that's when the idea for Master Talk came to be because I realized that a lot of the YouTube content on public speaking was frankly garbage. Like it was yeah. terrible. It was so bad that I just, I was so frustrated what was out there because of the years of experience I had just helping other students for free, really, just in master communication. Mm -hmm. I started making videos in my, my mother's basement. One thing led to another and then, uh, you know, I started taking it more seriously and here we are Excellent. today. And when you say coaching clients, and uh, and now it's disclosed that some of this stuff is coaching for free too. Is this fellow students that said, "Brendan, I'm in trouble. I got a class. I got an assignment due. Dude, help me out." <laughs> yeah, you, you. I like that you asked me that follow up. So now you, you're forcing me to gloat <laughs> now. So I, when I was in, you know, I always tried to avoid it, honestly. But anyways, when I was in university, it was mostly people in that case competition mm -hmm. program. So those other, so I was one of 80 students who would compete in these programs and these competitions around the world. So we were like one in a hundred. So there's 8,000 students, but 80 people mm. in the program. But after coaching all of those people, because I was a mentor for the program and I was competing as well. After I started the YouTube channel, I actually started coaching a lot of CEOs. So I became the youngest uh, C-suite coach in the world. I, started, I think I started coaching CEOs when I was yeah. 23 or something. So it transitioned from university students. And obviously I don't do that yeah, for yeah. free, as you can imagine. But I wanted to share the videos for free uh, for people who can't afford yeah. that type of coaching. And uh, truly, my audience are going to be safety consultants. And these safety consultants that are listening to us now, they have to speak at some time in their career. Either they're speaking to gain more clients or they're speaking because someone has a safety and health concern. And now you have to give technical information in such a way that people aren't going to fall asleep or in such a way that people are going to feel that, you know, I'm receiving this as a buddy, as a pal. And I know if I do this, I will stay safe. So they have, uh, and this is, 
something I dealt with throughout my career as well is where you kind of feel like you have to get all this material in because it's it's literally life or death, but it, the delivery comes out dry until you kind of think about how are you actually presenting, how are you actually speaking, and and kind of uh, reverse engineer the the conversation and the talk of things that actually work well. So was that like a for you? Do you do you have a system per se that you've been deconstructed, and if so, where did you get it from? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great way of starting the conversation because I'm very much used to presenting dry subjects. I majored in accounting, just so people know. So it's not very easy to make accounting policies exciting for people. But we figured it out anyway. So let me walk us through this framework. The idea with quote unquote, and I mean those quotation marks, boring topics, because they're not really boring. It's just we perceive them as boring, is not the topic, but how it's presented. I can present accounting in such an exciting way that you can look at it and say, wow, I really like accounting. Never thought I did or don't really understand math, but this accounting thing is really interesting. So the the underlying issue, Sheldon, is never the topic. It's the following three things. One, it's the vocal variety that you use in a presentation. Let's say you present like this. Hi, everyone. My name is Brendan. You know, uh, I started a YouTube channel on public speaking. I really want to help the world out. Like you're just there like, oh, God, like this needs to help end. Me. This is to end. A lot of my... <laughs> yeah, That's one. Please. And number two, right, is not pausing or understanding the why behind what you're doing. So I'll give an example of accounting because it's super simple. So one way of doing it is just going through all the policies. Okay, look, Sheldon, this is your numbers this year. This is what you need to. And you're like sleeping in this presentation. You're like, what? oh, God. But what if I presented it like this? Hey, Sheldon, you have a mission, right? You want to grow this podcast. You want to get more clients. You want to help more people feel safe in the workplace with their clients, in their surroundings, so they can live a healthier life. And for you to achieve that goal, Sheldon, you need to understand your numbers. Because if you can't operate your business and understand where your revenues are going, what you're spending your time on and your money on, you won't be able to sustain your dream. Now, I'm still presenting the same numbers to you, but now because I'm explaining the underlying logic behind it in a way that's exciting, you go, man, take out that spreadsheet. Let's look at these numbers. I got to understand Oh, cool. Well, all right. Diminishing return. Go. No, kidding. (laughs) (laughs) and then finally number three the topic is never it's never boring the presenter always is so what do i mean by that if the presenter looks uninterested in health and safety then obviously the perception of the audience is going to be that you're boring so i'll give you an example to think about it it's like mirrors so when you look at a mirror in the morning you're getting ready for work you see someone who's excited you go man i got all these safety meetings i got dinner with my family with my partner i got time with family i got friends you know i'm going out it's gonna be great and that energy is what you project onto everyone else around you your friends your colleagues your friends and more importantly your audience but the opposite is also true this day Mm -hmm. sucks I got to do a podcast with this Brendan guy. Who's this guy? Anyways, then I got dinner with my family. Then I got all this stuff going on. So when you're in that situation, that frame of mind, your energy 
is in the opposite direction. It's negative. And that's what you also project onto your audience. Communication, much like safety and health, is dry in nature unless we make it not to be. And that's what I've trained myself into doing over many years of coaching communication. It went from, okay, we need to master silences, ums and ahs to, did you know public speaking is like a puzzle in the way that we start and then I get into that way. So there's always ways to think creatively. You just need to open your mind to those yeah. opportunities. And I remember uh, for me, I've been doing a lot of public speaking in my career and I started out like just regular me teaching you a technical topic. And then later on, I started getting invited to doing presentations and I also teach a 40-hour class and I have to be and this is a 40-hour class that people when they get out they'll have a safety designation so I gotta teach them technical things in a short amount of time but I need to keep them engaged for the full 40 hours or else they're gonna gouge their eyes out right <laughs> so uh, oh, I, yeah. when I, I had to go through a process to become a speaker for this. And one of the times, uh, one of the process would be that I had to present solo in front of the class and I was going to be evaluated while I was doing this. And the person that was evaluating me literally fell asleep while I was doing my presenting. <laughs> uh, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> Did you... And you no, still passed anyway, so congratulations. They asked me respectfully to come back and do it again. And I was like, uh, and to me at that time, I was thinking, uh-oh, you got to change something really fast because if we don't, it's a possibility that I won't be able to you know, do this job I really wanted to do. So I changed it because one of the first things I noticed was I just stood a lot behind the podium. And now I call it the kiss of death. That's the podium to me, right? Anytime I, I get behind a podium, it's the kiss of death. So I can't do that. So I, I literally made sure I learned my material to such a degree that, and I say this today, the PowerPoint or the slides or the handout isn't for me, it's for you. I use it as a reference material. Is that something that you do as well? Yeah, absolutely. I think the way that I look at reference, and by the way, great story. Sorry, I kind of got lost going. in your story. I'll, I'll That's wrap so it up funny. in a bit, but I was thinking of, of this as far as for you. I think you, from what I'm gathering in the videos I was watching, I think you might be feeling the same thing too. Yeah, no, sorry, Sheldon. I fell asleep while you were talking. I'm kidding. I had to do it. Oh, I had. I'm kidding. You're, you're a really great speaker. So I think the way that I, that I see this, so the idea with reference material, let's start with cue cards. I yeah, think that's yeah. a good way of starting the conversation is never use them. And I'll explain why. The reason why you, you never want to use them, unless you're an absolute beginner and just, you know, getting on stage yeah. is already a win for you, which is 1% of speakers, I would argue. The rest of the 99, we can, we can present and still hold our food. Like we're still okay. So in my opinion, what I would say is you need to keep in mind that cue cards act as a barrier between your audience and yourself. So let's say I'm telling you something really inspiring and let me just look at my cue card really quickly. And then I tell you something really inspiring again. Then I look at the cue card again and I'm, I'm, we're losing that energy. We're losing that emotional connection with people. So in my opinion, if you're going to use any emotional or props or some sort of reference material, I would either recommend slides because 
because it doesn't feel like you're reading off of them as long as you're always pointing to them. So if you're pointing towards a slide, difficult to, to showcase in a podcast, but I can visualize this for people. And you say, hey, look, every, look over here on this slide. As I'm explaining over here and I'm talking to you, as I'm pointing my arm towards the slide, it doesn't feel like I'm reading off of it. I'm showing something to an audience. I still maintain that emotional connection, but you can never do that yeah. with cue cards. So I would start the conversation okay. there. And uh, truly for me at that time, I didn't use clue cards, but I was using regulations, like literally the book of regulations for safety. And everyone, I'm like flipping them through regulation books. How dry was that, right? So here I am flipping them through oh, a regulation God. book and literally reading it almost like they can themselves. So my, my, my switch for my mind was we are all professionals and friends and I'm giving them information that they need to have. However, I need to talk to them as if we're sitting on the couch just having a conversation and I change my mindset to my audience and truly I do all of my presentations the same way. I do my delivery the same way. Either it's you know webinars versus Zoom meetings versus physical conversation and us right now we're not seeing each other but listening to each other's voice. There's a give and take and an ebb and flow between you and the audience and if you don't understand that and play it, it's going to be one-sided and everyone's favorite topic is themselves. So you got to include that topic in there somehow, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Like, for example, let's say I was coaching you. The, the way that I would start the conversation is, is the expectation of the training that they open that big book again after the workshop? And if the answer is yes, then I guess we got to go through the book. But likely, if the answer is no, what I would do instead is I would, yes, I would have pages of the book, but I would summarize a lot of it and just put it on slides in big fonts to make it more easier. And I would draw analogies to each of those steps to keep them entertained. So back to the reference materials and simplifying huge texts, I totally understand where that's coming from because when I used to major in accounting, or when I majored in accounting, I had these huge textbooks. They're huge. And we had to summarize a lot of that content in presentations. So naturally, as you can imagine, most of the people who were speaking in accounting were particularly exciting. Yeah. So what we do to make it different, we took specific things that were necessary in our presentation and we would revolve analogies around them. So I'll give an example in my own industry. So let's say you talk about public speaking. A lot of people talk about it in a very academic way. So they say, you know, public speaking is a fear. It's called, you know, glossophobia and all that stuff. And you're just there like, what's happening? It's all vague. Like, what do I do? You're like in this ocean. You don't really know how to get home. Right? It's kind of this weird thing. Resin Around me. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like, how do I get home? Right. But, but let's say I was explaining public speaking to someone. They say, how, what would you compare it to? I would compare it to a jigsaw puzzle. So let's say you got a bunch of jigsaw puzzles, like a thousand piece puzzle. So if I asked you, Sheldon, if we were doing this puzzle together, which pieces would you start with first? Yeah, and truly it would be the outside and then you work your way in. Exactly. We don't do that in public speaking when we should, right? So how most presentations go, Sheldon, it goes something like this. Let me shove a bunch of content right in the middle. Let me sort the middle pieces. And then, oh, 
my last slide. So I uh, guess I'm done. Thanks. Thanks for listening, everyone. And uh, yeah, don't forget the break and peace. <laughs> Rez, what we should do is we should treat it like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Let's think more intentionally about the way that we start. Let's think very intentionally about the way that we end. Because if we don't, it's like watching a great movie with a terrible ending. Who cares about that? Right. And then after you do the beginning and the end, then you tackle the middle. That analogy I just gave you, you're probably going to remember for the rest of your life. Because it's yeah. simple. You're like, oh shit, like there's like a jigsaw puzzle here. Yeah, edges absolutely. first. Right. And we need to do that more in different topics like tax, accounting, and safety and health. Yeah, and truly if you're looking at that or even thinking at that analogy in the way that you, you said it. Uh, that's the when I was doing public speaking and, and learning this in, in my bachelor's uh, was tell them what you're going to tell them tell them tell them what you told them <laughs> it's probably something that you've heard of right even that stuff's aggressive and very vague not your aggressive I meant <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. tell them what you you're like but what do you mean tell them what you told them but what do you mean by that but tell them what you said and you're just like okay I'll tell them what I said it feels like you're getting whipped that's like yeah. something that's not my approach I mean, it's more like do you like muffins and they're like yeah so like you know conversation in public speaking it's like eating a fresh muffin you're like oh i like muffins versus like tell them what you said tell them what you're gonna say tell them how you say like, okay. <laughs> i don't like muffins anymore no, i don't no. like muffins. <laughs> no, <for muffins. laughs> yeah uh, when you started like first getting started can you remember those feelings that you had when you're like oh no we are going terribly wrong here and you lose your audience do you and and that's when you get started but do you ever still get those where you could visually see i lost them i got to do something to get them back right so so this issue usually occurs day uh, sheldon excuse me when we're presenting different presentation one time. So going back to the university example that I love, there's a bunch of subjects, right? So Sheldon, you need to present this subject, you need to present that one, you need to present this one and that one. And you're only presenting each presentation one time. Yeah. Which means you're only asking yourself one question. This thing's due in two weeks. What content should I put in this thing? This thing is due next week. What content should I put in this thing? And then you present it and that's your analysis. You're done. Because you have so many presentations to give. Yeah. But... What if you presented the same thing 25 times? After 10 or so times, Sheldon, you'll look at the presentation and go, well, I think I know a thing or two about safety and health now. I think, I think we know what we're doing. So yeah. now the questions start to change. They'll transition from what content should I put in this thing to what emotion should I convey? How could I engage my audience better? Hey, maybe I should get dinner with one of these audience members and see what they thought, see what they liked, see what they didn't like. So this is what I'm saying, Sheldon, is you will never be able to engage your audience the first couple of times. It's not possible unless you're really good as a speaker already, which in that case, you don't need my help, which is great. And I'm happy for you. But for most of us, what happens, and this is true with me, I started my communication keynotes, my first communication podcast with the podcast guest. I was like, oh, I don't know this guy. I know this gal. How am I supposed to do that? And then over time, you get better and you realize that, hey, Sheldon's a good guy. He doesn't mean any harm. He's trying to help some people. He makes the podcast in his couch. He's a good guy. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Same thing with presentation. Presentations. Once you do it 500 times, once you do it 50 times, once you do it 25 times, now you can start brainstorming the really interesting things about communication, which we can do for the sake of this conversation since the audience is very niche, which is how do we communicate safety 
in a way that empowers people, in a way that doesn't make people feel guilty about not following the rules, in a way that doesn't make people feel fearful that they're going to die tomorrow if they don't follow the regulations. Absolutely. Right? And then if we can think about imagining those scenarios more often, like imagining a world where everyone is more safe, what would that world look like? Right? That's how you inspire people to listen to you for 40 hours. Yeah, yeah. And um, in those cases where you, you truly feel like you've lost them and inspiring them, so do you have a tip, a tool, or something? That I know, you know, after a while, like me, I've, I've been doing the same class with the mostly same curriculum since 2013. Uh, so I got a, a good hang of what I'm doing there, right? And, uh, but but there's still a delivery technique that I use, and sometimes it works. Sometimes I, I, I gotta weed them out until I can figure out. All right, it's not this crowd may not be right for this this kind of vibe. So, uh, how do you pivot? Let's say when you get that feeling of this vibe isn't working for this crowd, I gotta find a new vibe. <laughs> Right, I love that. So a couple of things that come up to me. One is we definitely want to understand that new way of presenting before we enter the presentation room. So in every situation, I recommend this for every safety consultant listening right now, is if you're entering a new audience and you still know your topic, you want to spend some time thinking more about the audience rather than the topic. Because at this point, you know your subject. I'll give the perfect example with me. Two years ago, I presented for the first time to a group of teenage girls between the ages of 9 to 16 who all knew how to code. So they're really smart girls. And it was That's a Sunday awesome. meeting. Yeah, it was also very scary. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. good. Because to, to me, like to you, I'm the young guy, right? I'm the young kid on the blog, got a YouTube what channel. What do you mean by like, that? Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Touche. Are you age shaming me, man? Fair enough. I like that. I like the attack. See, that was well deserved on my end. That was well deserved. I'll take that. But the point I was making, because I'll, I'll kind of hit myself here a bit, to them, and when they look at me, I'm the old dude. Right. I am like the old guy in a suit, even if I'm 24. To and them, I called you sir. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. I, I get freaked out when people call me sir because I coach a lot of C levels these days, right? So, like a lot of them, they go, you know, the assistant goes, you know, sir, and I'm like, no, please call me Brendan. They're like, uh, okay, Brendan. <laughs> Anyways, so the point that I'm driving with all of this is. I thought very strategically about how was I going to present to them. I thought long and hard with them. The answer I came up with was a rose. If I put a picture of a rose, a lot of people are like, why would you do that? And my answer to that question is, what little girl doesn't like a rose? So I had a whole part of my presentation where I, I literally did this. I want you all to picture a rose in a garden. A rose that is so complex, yet so simple with little raindrops. Anyways, you get what I mean. I got their attention. They all just went, ooh, why is there a rose? Yeah. This guy. And I got their attention. And then half of the class started participating all of a sudden, and I won. Right? So that's the key. Whenever you enter a new audience, a new opportunity, you want to spend a lot of time understanding not just who they are, but the psychology. Another example, I'll 
I'll explain really quickly here. Yeah, go I for speak it. to senior executives, like someone like you, right? Someone who has a lot of experience in their domain. I might gloat a bit more about my accomplishments, maybe. Maybe not you particularly, but people in your industry, maybe. I would say, you know, I worked at IBM. I had these clients. The kids don't care. They don't know what a CEO is. They don't know what an IBM is. They don't know what those things are. But yeah. they know what a YouTuber is. So if I tell them I'm a YouTuber, it's just different language for different people. The other thing I would recommend is how do you increase audience engagement? So one thing I do is I, is I ask thoughtful questions and I have people converse with each other. So one example I'd like to give when I start really in-depth workshops with people mm-hmm. is the following question. How would the world change if you're an exceptional communicator? And I have people do that exercise with each other. So they have they have a conversation. They go, hey, my name's Rebecca. My name's Julia. What would you, oh, you know, well, I have this thing. And then they talk about their fashions. And then I get people to participate. And then I, I frame communication from fear and ewe and gooey to how do we make a difference here? How do we make an impact? So the way that I want you safety consultants to think about this is how do we go from regulatory environment, you need to do this or you die, to what are some things that we can take away that makes us feel more safe, not just in our world, but in our day-to-day lives, so that we can live more peaceful days, that we can live a peaceful upbringing. That's kind of how we think. And then you can think about cool exercises and cool ways of doing that. But at the end of the day, the last thing I want to emphasize is I don't have the answer. You do. Because you know more about safety and health than I ever will in the same way I know a bit more about communication than people who are listening. Yeah, and truly, I uh, I even start that conversation with uh, some people who are practitioners and they're workers and they're heavy equipment operators. I always tell them, dude, I am here to help you with the safety and health aspect of the job. However, you're here to help me understand your work so together we're both learning and uh, and I try to do that with every presentation I do with every podcast I do with everything I do because for me it's a it has to be a give and take or I'm bored and if I'm bored damn sure know you're bored <laughs> so right exactly and I have a great follow-up to that because I love what you just said if I were to summarize me and Sheldon's discussion right now in a couple in one question it would be what do they care about What do they care about? And that also applies with this very conversation. Why does Sheldon care about having me on as a guest? Because A, he understands the value of communication for his audience, but also for himself because he says, hey, you know, this public speaking stuff is good for me too because I'm a host. This makes sense. Two and two. Let's bring Brendan on the show. Win, win. Same thing with the truck driver for 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 the chef in a restaurant environment for safety and regulation. Always reframe what they care about. What does the the truck driver care about? Cares about getting his loads done quickly. And what challenges do he see? He sees health and safety as a burden you know, Sheldon, I got to waste all this time with regulation. Dude, I just want to get my loads done. I don't have time to think about this. Yeah. I don't even know this truck driver. No, notice how I'm impersonating him so well. I've never given a presentation to them. And it's about right. <laughs> and that's how you enter their heads. And if you start, at, like, this is how I would start a presentation. I, like, I like, love these brainstorming things. I'd go up to him and say, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking the safety and regulation thing is a waste of your time. You're thinking, you know, Brenda, I got all this work to do. I got family to take care of. I got all these things to do. And now you want to do this? Why is this important? And then you tie in to why it's important. You know, there's so many people that get into these accidents. And my goal, Daryl, right? You know, the truck driver. I know it's Mm -hmm. it's very general, but let's go with it. 
I want you to return to your family safe and sound. I want this as much as you do. That's why I'm here. Can we figure something out? And then Daryl's sitting there. He's like, you know, the Sheldon guy, he cares about my family. He cares about what I care about. He knows my objections. I think we could figure out a compromise. Excellent. And that seems workable as far as um, as presented. So that's good because truly you're going to have an opportunity, everyone, when you start speaking, to connect. And that's truly the, the goal would be to connect and to pass on information. But it shouldn't be one-sided. You go both ways. If you show that you care about them, then it'll be reciprocated back to you, right? So I'm not glossing over, Brendan. You mentioned in one statement that there you won you said when you catch somebody you get them over to the side you said oh yeah and i win so uh <laughs> i i heard that don't think i didn't hear that brother i heard that so uh so to me i feel the same way it's not like a game per se but it is a game in the same light where if you could connect with someone to such a degree that they are also uh going to you're going to flip their idea most of my students when they come in on Monday, thinking you know, all week long, two weeks ago, that they're thinking 40 hours to learning this class is going to be mind numbing. And then I get them on day one and we flip this and they're like, oh, you're a good speaker. And, and I like that. And it for me is a battle and a challenge. I leave there exhausted because I have to have inflections. I have to have different tones. I use, uh, for those of you listening, you won't be able to see, but if I were to use my hand to say this or that, meaning I'm going to go towards my left or to my right and moving my head, I'm engaging people and I'm causing them to get broken out of a state of, you know, whatever posture they're in at that time. And some of these people are, you know, sunglass wearing in the back of the room, chilled out, leaning back. And you're like, why are you wearing sunglasses in this room? <laughs> you ain't that cool. <laughs> you ain't chapped. <laughs> so, so truly, uh, that's what we get. So, uh, I, I appreciate you, you know, bringing that out because that's what what my audience is going to get. So, yeah, I see. Just like you said, you know, yes, I won. I I think that's perfect the way you you, you brought that out and it came out organically. <laughs> Let me rephrase to make sure I don't get lynched. What I mean is, we win. <laughs> we win. We win. Right? Because backpedal. Yeah, yeah. I needed to backpedal because Back swim. <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> You're awesome, man. Like back in my university days, it was win lose, right? It was our university against other university. We needed to win. That's why I'm very competitive in nature. But at the same time, when I transitioned to Master Talk, it, 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 no one's losing anymore. It's just win-win now. I just, yeah. I, I'm conditioned to say I win, but what I meant to say is we win. Yeah, yeah. So in your, uh, one of your most recent uh, master talks on uh, YouTube, you mentioned uh, going virtual. So since COVID-19, everyone's going to start going virtual. There's a whole onslaught of virtual. I've been doing it for a while because um, my wife and I, we transitioned from a physical house uh, to being on the road in an RV. So uh, being on the road cool. in an RV, 
RV, uh, that means I'm not physically teaching as much as I used to be. So I'm virtually on the road. Like like this week, I'm in Orlando in an Airbnb because I'm physically in a class. But um, truly, when you're doing virtual, virtual even itself has a subsection because virtual on Zoom is a different uh, animal as opposed to a webinar. So your presentation on the on the YouTube talk was more in a webinar. Uh, how do you how do you also capture people on Zoom when you're seeing them in these little tiles, <laughs> and and now you could physically see them? They're on mute, but you're talking, and you could react to what they're saying, seeing, as opposed to a webinar where it's just you and your presentation in front of you, and you have to imagine what they're doing on that end. So, what's your, what's the way that you you break those two down? That's an interesting differential that I didn't consider in the online video, if I'm being honest, but I'll add you my take. The way that I see this, Sheldon, is for me, even if I can still see different people on a screen, it's still very difficult to engage with them in those little tiles. Let me explain why. The reason is because you usually have slides and they take up 80% of the space. And if there's just more than 15 people on the video or in the Zoom call, generally speaking, from my experience, that is maybe you had a different experience. If it's a presentation setting, most people actually have their camera off. Right. Maybe not in a safety and health where you're like running the show for five days. But if you come in as a keynote for an hour or, something, or you have a work meeting, a lot of these people don't even have their cameras on. So I think the same rules apply in many ways, though I, I will think about that for a different time. But I'm happy to talk about that now. So the way that I see it is simple. Online is a lot more challenging than in person. And the reason is because you can't gauge your audience's reaction. So even in this very Zoom call that we're having one-on-one, -on -one, I actually don't see how you're reacting most of the time. Why? Because my eyes are not on you, they're on the camera lens. Because if my eyes were on you, like obviously my, the audience can't see me doing this, yeah. but I, it doesn't look like I'm looking at you directly. So even with just one person on the call, I'm still not paying attention to how you're reacting because of the situation. Yep. So if you tell a joke in person, like the workshop you're at in Orlando, two things will happen. People will either laugh and say, man, the Sheldon guy is super funny. You're going to tell more jokes. But the opposite is also true. The Sheldon guy really isn't funny. Why is he saying jokes? Hmm. And then he'll say less jokes. But at least he'll know in the same way I would know if I was giving you a workshop. But in online... You can't know. So you have to say the same joke with the same energy, the same enthusiasm, the same fire, and assume it's funny. Absolutely. And that's the challenge. Yeah. Oh, I laugh on my webinars and uh, and my webinars are paid webinars and uh, and they're not uh, usually I'm just hired to be the speaker. Uh, but uh, the people that are there, I'm thinking they're paying X amount of dollars to this company for me to be the speaker. I'm going to entertain them. And I I leave laughing at myself. I don't hear anybody and there's no laugh track behind me. So you know, <laughs> I'll add my own laugh track if I needed to with myself. Right. And uh, the difference, I guess, for, for those of you that may actually have to do Zoom conferences, for me, I have to do a Zoom course conference, and the course is uh, is a virtual cost certi certificate of occupational safety specialist. So part of the requirement is to they have to have their cameras on, uh, and that's why you, you gave a valid response, Brendan, because you know if they have their camera off, because usually people are doing three, four things when they're 
and I'm doing their Zoom meetings, you know, for this, I have to verify that they're paying attention uh, for certification purposes. I can see them. So I usually have two TVs. I have, or two monitors, I should say. So I've got uh, a TV that's usually going to be the bigger one, and then I have a Surface Pro, and that's going to be my little one. And I'll put my, my tile box of people on my Surface Pro, and I'll do my presentation on the bigger screen or I'll flip them, but I always want to see the audience. So what I'll do is I I constantly look and first I I always give them a little um, a little expectation. So my expectation with the audience is I say, hey guys, uh, I'm going to be watching you on my Zoom screen, and it has two screens. So when I go to the left over here, I'm looking at you, and then when I'm facing my presentation, uh, you're going to see me because my camera is facing straight on. So I'm looking at my camera, but over here when I do to the side I'm looking at you so that's the expectation I already give them so they understand when they see me that I'm actually looking at them and truly what I do is I'll say little things like oh cute dog that just came by or I'll you know or I'll mention something in their environment or if someone's yawning I literally have said before oh man you almost sucked me into the camera there <laughs> and uh, so I try to make it as fun as possible for them because uh, to learn in your own own home environment is so hard it's already hard because you've got every distraction known to man because you made that that way it's your home <laughs> so uh, trying to learn in that environment makes it tough so I have to I have to break them down as quickly as possible so in saying all of that is there a technique that you use sort of like uh, what they have out there called neuro-linguistic programming have you heard of that term before yeah I'm, I'm definitely familiar with NLP but but the reason I don't Ooh, NLP, you know it. Oh, all right, go yeah, ahead, ladies. Drop some knowledge there, friend. Oh no, no. no. <laughs> the, the reason why I mentioned NLP is because I don't usually cover it. And I'll explain why. It's too complicated for people to get. I think the I think the focus because I like simplifying things, keeping it at a, all right at Sounds a level good. that people yeah, or NLP and all that stuff. It's great. It's great. It's effective. It's yeah, just yeah. not you know right. So I, I think the way that I want people to think about this is to open your mind to asking yourself questions you never wanted to ask yourself before. Because the way that we see public speaking, Sheldon, is we live in a box, right? So we're all like in this box and we're trying to present safety and health, get the certification. And if we want to get better as speakers, if we want to be world-class at what we do in health and safety, we need to think outside the box or more so, as my favorite quote from Lior Souchard, the, one of the mentalists said, don't think outside the box because that's what everyone does. Think in between both of those boxes. You want to open your mind to creativity, asking yourself thought-provoking questions that can actually help you get there. I'll give an example of an exercise. Start your workshops and look at every 20, 25 people in those rooms and just ask them the simple question, why is safety important to you? in the line of work that you do and go to each one of those 25 people and they'll say you different things yeah. and I did that same exercise in public speaking and this is what happened when I started keynoting I was a super insecure 22 year old presenting to C-level executives I had no idea why I was in the room but they wanted me in it so I kept gloating about my accomplishments kept talking about how great I was and you know I was great I was good as a speaker like many people who are listening but I wasn't like this you know wow this guy's amazing yeah. But over time, what happened is I talked to more people, whether it's a seven-year-old girl, senior executive, talked to everybody. And I realized 
the fundamental issue. The fundamental issue is whenever a speaking coach presents, the their their innate appearance is that I speak well, but you're never going to speak as well as me. Yeah. So I looked at that and I said, that is not going to happen with me. I need to change that narrative. That's why when I start my presentation, I'm a lot more informal, as you can probably tell. Like I got these long hair, I do that on yeah, purpose. Yeah, yeah. I do that on purpose because I want that to be a core of my messaging. That's what makes me different from everyone else. Because I don't want to be the same cut in the box speaker as everyone else in the space who compares public speaking to death, who talks about glassophobia and NLP, right? It gets really complicated when public speaking doesn't have to be that. So in the same way, think about the person you want to impact the most for health and safety and ask yourself what are the questions that are going to get the real insights out of them. Yeah, excellent. Like that. So I'll I know there's a whole bunch of tips and tricks and everything that you've learned and that's why you have a YouTube channel and that's why you have a coaching business. Uh, so uh, truly I appreciate your time and energy. Uh, what can how can we find you, Brendan. How can we get plugged in to the massive uh, force that you are? Because you've got 21,000 followers or more now. What, what? Your YouTube Where'd you channel? get that number? No, I got like uh, 3,000 or something. It's not that really? <laughs> All right, I'm hanging up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. No, truly, I've been listening to you and I've been watching. I like the delivery. I like the suit. I like the hair. You you know, you got the hair all, all slicked over to the side and you got the swag of when you get in there and you get the conversation and uh, the tone, the tonal one that you did recently is it is the key. If you really have to do public speaking and you're a monotone, you're done. You can't, you can't done. grasp your audience the way you need to without giving them some energy. If you don't have energy, you got nothing. <laughs> nothing. <laughs> I'm with you, man. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the way that you put it and truly the way you, you brought your audience through that. So if uh, someone needs some extra coaching, how do they reach you? Uh, how do they plug in with you? Absolutely. If you have any questions, comments, insults, complaints, you can send me a message on Instagram. I'm at Master Your Talk. So if you want to talk about programs, all that stuff, do that. But if you want to check out my YouTube videos where I share all of my tips for free on the channel, that's Master Talk in one word. Excellent. And, um, are you doing coaching since you're currently still working for another client uh, or a company? Yeah, you got it. So I do offer coaching. So, so if you're interested in that, feel free to send me a message. But I think the key idea for this word, this this uh, podcast that I really want to push people is take action, right? Public speaking is not as hard as you think it is. Being a great speaker isn't as hard as you think it is. If I could present in my second language my whole life, be afraid of public speaking, and now coach C-level executives, I'm pretty sure you can master public speaking too. Just watch the videos, learn, and be awesome. I wanted to do something, but I can't step on that. You just can't step on that. The man hit it. You can't step on that. So I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let the one ride like a nice, simple crash at the end of a song. <laughs> that was nice, Brendan. Nice. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. Of course. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. This is Sheldon Primus, the host of the Safety Consultant Podcast. During this time, we've all been tightening our belts because of COVID-19. I have been as well. 
Recently, I've found cost-effective alternative to some of the services and programs that I was using, such as email marketing, hosting services, and even one of my favorites, Teachable. Visit sheldonprimus.com backslash resources for special offers to help you reduce your business overhead. If you're hosting a podcast or want to host a podcast, then visit sheldonprimus.com backslash hosting for a knockout deal. Don't give up on your dream. Get smarter on the back end of your business. Welcome back to the podcast. Had some good time with Brendan. That was an awesome uh, interview. If you hadn't had a chance yet, go ahead and subscribe to his YouTube channel, Master Talk. And you're really going to have a good time just listening to the way he has a good outlook, the way he thinks about speaking. It's a, an awesome, you know, just, it, to me, it seems like he's reverse, enter, <laughs> reverse engineering how to actually do the whole speaking thing when it comes to any area that you need to speak to so i i appreciated the interview we had a good time as you could tell so it was uh, one of those things where i was glad that uh, he reached out to me so we could do this interview hopefully it was able to reach you as well where you're at and give you some good good information that's going to help you when you have to go out there and do some speeches and go out there and sell your your business and as well as your knowledge to other individuals to grow your business. So before we do the tip of the week, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you have not have a chance to, please subscribe to the channel. That's going to help me. If you want to reach out to me, you could email me at Sheldon at SheldonPrimus.com. It's a Sheldon at SheldonPrimus.com. Give me some things that you want to see on the show, comments, criticisms, any of that stuff. That's right. I'm good with that. All right, so let's get into the tip of the week. So one of the things that I was going to really help you with right now is I don't want to like go over a few things that Brendan said. Great interview. Just go ahead and, and listen to the interview, and I could just say what he says. <laughs> but I just want to tell you, as far as the, the safety and health side, take a few breaths before you get out there and you're really going to get into your speaking engagement and the reason why I say that is it definitely helps if you were to get up early, give yourself a good opportunity to just get still, just get quiet, uh, meditate if that's part of your practice. Uh, last few times I was speaking, I had to, especially like Mondays, if I do a five week, or excuse me, five day session where I know every day, every day is going to be, you know, giving my 100% and by the end of the day, I am wore out. But still on Mondays when I'm meeting a new class and I know I'm going to have to get out there and uh, perform, yes, but also deliver material, deliver serious content, I get a little nervous still. i got to tell you the truth. They still come just get a little, a little nervous on those sides. So I still have to sit down, meditate. Usually what I'll do is I'll set my alarm for about a half hour early. Uh, there's a whole bunch of meditation things you could do right now. I've been using either YouTube. I like to find a uh, good roughly 20-minute uh, meditations. Depends on uh, how much time I have. 
I know Deepak Chopra and Oprah Winfrey, they also do uh, a meditation thing called a 21-day meditation. They've been doing it for several years now, and those are right around that 20-minute mark. So I do that, and you'd be truly amazed at how much just giving yourself that opportunity to just relax, have some stillness, let your thoughts go, and just let it be for a little while. And it really does help. So before you actually get out and do the presentation, you already stilled your mind, stilled yourself. So when you're out there, you're not battling so many other things, you know. And sometimes I do this like breaks too. I go out in my car in a break and I'm just like, let's breathe. I get to breathe in. And I usually breathe so I'm filling my stomach and not my chest and then let it out there's techniques for this there's a whole bunch of techniques you can look up uh, Wim Hof there's breathing techniques there there's fire breaths there's there's all kinds of breathing techniques so you might have to look up one that works with you but the idea is is just to let your breath calm you before you actually go out and do any speaking engagements so it's really great even if you have a dressing room if you're going out in front of a big crowd you know where you're back in the hallway before you go out in a big crowd i usually do that myself and just you know give it a nice little time to breathe <sighs> get that breath in so that's the tip of the week breathe that's a simple one right you can't forget to do that one so uh thank brendan again and just look him up it's just awesome go get him this episode has been powered by Safety FM.